Hey guys, and welcome back to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike here with my co-host Matt. How you doing, Matt? Wasn't a good weekend, man. <laughs> I would agree wholeheartedly. Man, the Mariners, it, the Mariners crushed my hopes and dreams along with the Huskies. My um, Arizona long, Cardinals are undefeated. Yeah, Seahawks won, so that's an upside. But yeah, it was a rough weekend. <laughs> man, it's it's been tough for the both of us. Uh, Oregon loses to Stanford. Mm. Obviously, I there told was, you you had to watch out for that game, man. But in in all fairness, if you saw the end, I mean, should we have lost? Probably not. Uh, but should we've even been in that position in the first place? No, no, no. Now you know. Again, with that said, there's no way that's a fucking hold. Refs gonna ref, bro. There's no, it's Pac-12 <laughs> refs, man. Yeah. There's no way that is a hold. If anything, I thought the wide receiver pushed off of Don or not Don Michael. But like like you said, they shouldn't have even yeah, been, you shouldn't in, the have been in that position in the first, in the first place, place. Right. Like but, you, you know, can Yeah, it's a balance. Like, yeah, refs make bad calls sometimes, but also Stanford's a team you should be beating by two plus scores. But devil's advocate is like, you know, we were down seven players, then Kayvon gets ejected, that makes eight. Then CJ yeah. Vidal goes down, that makes nine. Or actually we were down another one because it was seven on defense. So ten mm-hmm. with Sean Dollars being out. And then there's a few other guys who weren't expected to be starters, who expected to be rotational players, who got knocked out before the season started. Like, it was there was a lot of issues there. And now Kayvon's going to be out the first half of the Cal game on yeah. some stupid. I don't even want to get started, man. <laughs> I hate the Pac-12 refs, especially when we play Stanford. Do you remember when the pylon was out of bounds? And in every other conference, <laughs> it is an extension of the end zone. But in the Pac-12, it is an extension of out of bounds. So if you touch it, it's out of bounds. But hey, man, you still got to play. Next man up, got to be ready to go. I hope that rule's just, been changed. I'd imagine so. I I honestly can't remember anything coming out of that, so I'd it, assume so. To be to be optimistic, you know, Oregon, last time they made the playoffs, they did lose early. I mean, that's usually what happens, especially in the Pac-12. Teams will drop an in-conference game. But I can't remember the last time a Pac-12 champ was undefeated going into the playoff, so... Well, it hasn't happened in the Pac-12 era. The last time it happened was Oregon in the Pac-10 era. There's a really annoying yeah. fly I'm trying to kill. No, you're good. Because when, Washi- when Washington got in, they lost to, was it USC? Yes. USC that year, which is the South, but still. Oregon I mean, lost Pac-10. to Arizona, and Arizona was really good that year with the anomaly Cleo Tate year. Didn't Stanford get in with a loss? To the playoff? Stanford's never made a playoff. Are you sure? Nobody's made a playoff, but Oregon and Washington in the Pac-12. Really? Yep. Hold on. Haven't made a playoff since 2016. You are very wrong. Very, very wrong. Stanford got the Rose Bowl against Iowa. That's what I'm thinking of. Because I'm thinking of the year that... Christian um, McCaffrey got snubbed. Yeah, CMC. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they did not make the playoffs because I believe they lost to Oregon. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. I think they were in the top four for quite a bit of the season before that loss, maybe. This was in 2015, right? Yeah. Vernon Adams. Yeah, Vernon Adams beat him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, you guys played the uh, Oregon State Beavers, and I love saying this. You failed to upset the favorite hey, man. Oregon State good teams, Beavers. Oregon State, man, good teams win, great teams <laughs> cover. Holy cow. How about that three-and-a-half-point spread, yeah? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> But holy cow, dude! Like, is Oregon State for real, or is the Pac-12 just that bad? 
I think Oregon State's for real, and that's going to make me feel better about this loss, but they look good. I mean, the fact that you can win with 48 passing yards means that every other facet of your team is doing really well. Granted, you're not going to be have sustained success having only 48 passing yards, but when you can gash teams for 250 yards um, on the ground, that's a pretty good sign. Oregon State had two running backs with over 70 yards um, and over five yards of carry. And to be fair, it's not uh it's not even that Nolan can't throw the ball. We've seen what he did against USC. Just, they didn't have to throw didn't, the ball. He only had fifteen <laughs> attempts. Yeah, one of them was a pick. Washington still yeah. got a good secondary. Yeah. So he didn't I mean, have if to I... throw the ball. I mean, you had BJ Baylor, twenty carries, one hundred and eleven yards, two touchdowns. You had Deshaun Fenwick, twelve carries, seventy yards. You had Chase mm-hmm. Chance Nolan, nine carries, thirty yards. Like, it's just everybody. Shout out was... Anthony Gould, by the way, who had a carry for 19 yards and a couple catches. I wrestled with him growing up. He's from my neck of the woods. There so, you go. Yeah. Um, but shout yeah. Out there. Yeah, man. It's it's Oregon State's <sighs> got a good team. Jonathan Smith, like I said, Jonathan before the season Smith, started, man. Jonathan Smith is an amazing coach and does yeah. not get the credit he deserves. For sure. And I mean, that Oregon State team, they've improved a lot over the past couple of seasons since he's been there. They went I from... Mean, not even competitive in games. To, they started to be competitive in games. To They were competitive and they stole mm-hmm. a game or stole two games. And now they it's have, like, hey, they're winning these games. They have sole possession of first place in the North right now. Granted, mm-hmm. we're two games into the conference schedule, but still, any any chance you can get a leg up on the competition, like that's good. That's that, They're off to a good start. That's going to be a really interesting how it plays out between Stanford, Oregon, yeah. and Oregon State. Yeah, because I think we can realize Washington is out of the Pac-12 North race. I well, mean, even then, technically, still Washington's only one and one. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so I mean, the state that they're in, yeah, they ain't they ain't looking too hot. But looking from a record you're, standpoint, you're looking that closer to North Wazoo than you're looking to the top of the North. Unfortunately, right now, yeah. <laughs> and just from what I've seen, uh, shout out Acropolis Junior on Twitter. Uh, he doesn't seem very happy. He usually kind of has an inside lane on things that are going on within the program. Tweeted as of like what four p.m. October fifth today, something about putting nails in the coffin. Not too confident about what news or what news we aren't going to get most likely going into the bye week, meaning that there aren't going to be any changes made. So. Well, I'm hoping we get some news coming off of the bye week or going into our bye week this week with uh, with what most people would agree was the reason we lost that game to Stanford being Anthony Brown Jr. Yeah. Man. Is it is it Thompson time in Eugene, man? Man. So <laughs> Anthony Brown hasn't played great at all throughout the season. Like, he's never been great. Uh, I think he's only had two games now, but going into this week, it was only one game above 50% completion, and that was Stony Brook. Every other game's been below that until Stanford. I think he was just above that this week. And, you know, but he just made the right choices, so he didn't really lose his job. He made a few bad choices against Arizona mm-hmm. and Stony Brook, but obviously they couldn't capitalize on him. They're inferior opponents. Mm-hmm. But he made those same mistakes this week against Stanford, and it hurt. It mm-hmm. hurt bad. Uh, he he throws this interception that looks like it was intended to go to the Stanford defensive back. Like, I I don't know what I don't know if the the ball could have slipped out of his hand. I don't know what was going uh, on, but if that was like you know if he had full grip of the ball and he just made a throw, it was a bad throw. That is bad. I have never seen a quarterback look quite as bad throwing quick game routes as Anthony Brown did in that game. And he was above 50%, which, you know, is not too, you know, not normal terrible. for him. 
uh, and you know he had 7.2 average and his long pass of 66 yards. But you know anyone's gonna be like, oh, see, he completed a deep pass. No, the pass was for three yards in the air, yeah. and the wide receiver took it for another 63 yards. Like, yeah. I, some of the decisions he made in the passes he made just had you scratching your head, man. I was watching that game. It was just ugh. and he can run the ball, man. He he might be one of the best running backs we got. Uh <laughs> but you know, the reason the whole argument to play Anthony Brown was hey, we don't want these freshman type mistakes. Yeah. And he's making the freshman type type mistakes. That last play in this first half where you have the uh, read option, except for it looks like it's designed <laughs> for you to just pitch it That's to the That's when they're on the goal line, the- correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. The tackle pulls out to the right. The guard pulls out to the tackle spot. You have a tackle one-on-one with the defensive back. And then you have C.J. Verdell, who is very experienced, very good running back, who gassed Ohio Jumping State, up and down, man. And jumping Asking up and down, waving his hands. Anthony Brown keeps it and runs to the middle of the Stanford defensive line, which, albeit, has not been great. But they are still some big human beings. They were, I mean, they were good enough to get the job done, right? Like... And we had no push because we didn't intend to. Like there was that play was not designed to go towards the line. It was designed mm. to bounce outside to CJ Verdell, get a tackle. One because there were people who were calling that a bad play call. But how is it a bad play call when you have a offensive tackle one on one with a DB and then you have CJ Verdell? Yeah, and that's it. There was no other defender. <laughs> there was just green grass. Mm-hmm. And you make the wrong decision on that. And even even at other points in the game, there was another questionable pass, uh, I believe, in the second half. Uh, one of our wide receivers, you know, was over, over the top on, I think, a corner route. And there's three DBs there. We have a guy in the flat wide open because the three DBs pulled to the top. Anthony Brown still tries to fit it between that hole. Now, the wide receiver goes up and gets, like, a fingertip on it. That way nobody could pick it. But mm-hmm. it's a terrible read. And these are the mistakes that we're starting him to avoid. And if he's going to be making these mistakes then why are we not playing the people who can actually throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field? Like, why are we playing Ty Thompson, Robbie Ash for Jay Butterfield? Check down Andy. (laughs) If Anthony Brown played every game like he played against Ohio State, I would not be mad at him starting. But he's only played one game like that, and it's the game against Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and even then it wasn't perfect, but, you you know, he did enough to win the game, obviously. He did enough to not lose the game. But, man... Since that game, he has been abysmal. Do you yeah. remember Dakota Prukup? No. Dakota Prukup was the guy who started in 2016 over Justin Herbert to start the year. Oh, okay. And yep. he was from Eastern Washington right after Vernon Adams. Yep. And, you know, he was really, you know, experienced. Everyone's like, okay, this guy's not going to make mistakes. Comes in. One of the most hated quarterbacks in Oregon football history. Like, <laughs> He was terrible, and everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. His stats through this same amount of time are better than Anthony Brown's. Completion percentage is <laughs> higher. Yards, oh, higher. No. Touchdowns, oh, no. higher. I mean, and it's just, it's not close. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Dakota Prukup, if you ask any Duck fan about Dakota Prukup, this man went on to play in, like, I don't know, nowhere. And <laughs> I, no, no hate to the man, but he just... He did not live up to what we expected him to be. Mm-hmm. This is really treading on those waters, and I'm hoping that Mario can make Mario or Moorhead. I'm not 100% sold on either one of them having final say-so in this, but Mario yeah. or Moorhead need to be able to make this decision and just switch to one of the younger guys. Yeah, you. Can, what I think is going to happen, though, is going to be like, okay, well, CJ Verdell's out now. 
so that's even more reason to keep Anthony Brown and you know he's so vital to the run game For we sure. need him now and it's like and it's like oh yeah we're still in the playoff race well mm-hmm. if Anthony Brown's our quarterback I really one of the two four seven guys I can't remember which one it was it's either Matt Frame or Eric Scopel said that we could lose four more games if Anthony Brown is playing quarterback I'd buy that he said we could lose the UCLA we could use the Washington we could lose to I can't think of the other one Oregon State and there was one more Utah and all of those, if Anthony Brown plays like he did against Stanford or like he did against Arizona, are very viable scenarios. Like, we could see that happening. Just for that comparison's sake, Dakota Prukup, for those of you who are listening, who are Oregon fans, you remember how much he was hated. So, through, I believe, one more game, his stats were 65.7% completions. Anthony Brown for this season is sitting at 56.1%. Yards were 1214. Anthony Brown is sitting at 950. So, you know, 300 yards, that's one game, not for Anthony Brown, but that's yeah. one game. Uh, you know, eight touchdowns, two picks. Anthony Brown's got six touchdowns, one pick. Quarterback rating Dakota Prukup, 152.7. Anthony Brown, 137.9. Or actually, 135.5. Hmm. So, Dakota Prukup, in every category except rushing the ball, was a better quarterback than Anthony Brown has been so far. And Dakota Prukup got benched and in going into the bye week for Justin Herbert, the young, talented freshman. Yeah. And I'm really hoping we see that. And I'm, But also, you know, that Oregon team had lost all hopes of anything that they were trying to accomplish that year. For Obviously, sure. We hadn't won many games. Yeah. Now, not to just keep piling on Anthony Brown. I listened to the Mighty Oregon podcast where mm-hmm. – where, uh, shoot our safety Verone mckinley sat down and talked with anthony brown and i can you could tell from that conversation how much the locker room does love anthony brown and how good of a leader he is and how good of a person he is and how much work he's put into it but it's just with his talent level and with the injuries he's had it's just we're not going to see any more than we've seen he's a power five quarterback yes he's a power five starting quarterback but oregon is not just a power five team there's a difference between there's a difference between colorado and oregon there's a difference between Boston College and Clemson. There's a difference yeah. between Boston College and Oregon. Mm-hmm. And the quality well, of the quarterback is supposed to get that much higher. I mean, after the game this past weekend, there's not much of a difference between Boston College and Clemson anymore. But I get what you're saying with, you know, the, the national play. hopes. Yeah, I still think the Boston College's play. quarterback is not as good as DJU. Albeit DJU sure. hasn't been as good as advertised. And Boston College's starting quarterback is hurt, Phil Jerkovich. Yeah. Uh, well, like you said, I mean, just where the programs are aiming for, right? Exactly. Like Oregon... If you're going to be a national championship contending team every year, like you'd like to be, you can't just have a guy like Anthony Brown coming in and making those mistakes. You just can't supposed to be. There's nothing stopping us from competing for championships. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Our administration, whether any fans hate Oregon or not, our administration is dedicated to athletics as well as academics because Oregon is actually becoming one of the better public universities as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're getting really good at academics they're in the Pac-12. None of the Pac-12 schools are bad at academics. But Oregon's yeah. athletic department is one of the only ones in the conference that is focused on being quality in every sport. Not just football. Football, basketball, baseball, softball, track, everything. Oregon Must wants be to be nice, good at man. everything. And Must be nice. they have the support from their donors. And, I mean, yeah. you're you're not just there to, you know, be okay and, you know, win a Rose Bowl. Like, as great as winning the Rose Bowl is... 
that is not like we're not at the point anymore in the early 2000s it was like yeah we did we haven't won a lot of these cool but now it's at the point it's like okay when are we taking that next step mm-hmm. just like rich brooks to Bilotti did rich brooks started winning bowl games getting the bowl games he got to the postseason mm-hmm. and then they're like okay we got to take that next step and go to rose bowls and you know when they went to new year six games they lost a few of them they're like okay but we're in these games and mm-hmm. i also listened to mike Bilotti's episode of that same podcast and he said joey harrington came up to him and was like hey coach why aren't we talking about trying to win a national championship? Like, why isn't that our goal? Mm -hmm. And so they started preaching that. And what do you know? They started winning those New Year's Six games. They started being really good. And I could argue in 2001, they really should have been the ones playing Miami instead of Nebraska. (laughs) And it's just all about what your, what your goals are going to be. If you shoot, if you shoot low, you're not going to obviously surpass them most of the time. Yeah, well, I mean, you know the saying, shoot for the moon, you still land amongst the stars, right? Exactly. Like, you got to have those aspirations. You got to aim high. The moon is the know? national championship winning it. The stars is making the playoffs. And that's what frustrates me a little bit about Washington's culture right now is they seem to be content with just competing for the North. And there's kind of a mix of culture where you talk about getting to these New Year's Six Bowls. You talk about competing for the playoff every year. But also, a lot of guys you know, on that staff are talking about, well, we should be competing for the Pac-12 North every year. Is that it? Like, is that all you're aiming for? Because that's all you're talking about. And, then, <laughs> and for a program that wants to be elite, yeah, you got to aim higher and you got to recruit better. Yep. And I mean, there's a lot of other factors that play into it that they just aren't living up to because they're settling. And to speak on Washington with that, I mean, the way I think Oregon should be thinking on the way the mentality of the Alabamas and the Clemsons is, is the way Washington needs to at the very least be thinking on the level of the Oregons. They don't want to just compete for the North. They want to yeah. win the Pac-12 at the very least. You know, get to that step, not just winning the North. We want to co- mm-hmm. consistently be in that Pac-12 championship. And yeah. it's all about taking that next step. And a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of staff seem to get complacent with some success and not want to make, make too many adjustments to try and get to that next level of success, which is the only aspect of which that I miss the Chip Kelly era is that man never stopped. He was aggressive. Like Mike Bellotti and Chip Kelly, they were aggressive. If there was something they could do to try and get a little bit of an edge and try and get a little bit better, they were doing it. They were yeah. trying to do whatever they could to win that next game and take that sure. next step. And mm-hmm. I'm just hoping we do the same thing here. Obviously, these coaches are recruiting better. We have a way better mm-hmm. staff overall. I mean, we invest a lot more money into the staff now. And it's just time to elevate the standard at Oregon. The standard's been elevated a whole lot in 20 years. I'd argue more than any program has ever elevated in such a short period of time. Yeah. But it needs to elevate again unless unless you want to be stuck in this in this middle ground with the Auburn and Penn States of the world. Yep. Penn State this year is making a run. They look good though. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I get what you're saying. They're, they've been stuck in that same tier with Auburn, yeah. with Miami of late, with you know, mm-hmm. with Washington. <laughs> Of, yeah. of the last five years with Washington, like mentality wise. Yeah. We sure. don't want to be stuck in that level. We want to obviously be that next level. And we have the brand, we have the funding, we have the recruiting, we have everything to get to that level. It's just changing mm-hmm. the mindset. Yeah. And I wish Washington had that edge to them because <clears throat> they don't, they don't have that edge at all. Honestly, they don't have that swagger. Like rich, like coach Cristobal, excuse me, has brought in, you know, like, they just don't have that edge. And that's what bothers me. That's probably my biggest gripe with the coaching staff. So they don't have an edge. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They just don't seem like they have that swagger. They're intense and they love football and they get after it and they work hard, which is good. 
but you got to be a little vocal about it. You got to yeah. brag about it a little bit. You got to be out there about it a little bit. Yep. And they, they won't do it, which being humble, you know, has its benefits. But in this college football landscape, you got to be able to promote yourself, get out there a bit. You know what I mean? I'd argue Oregon's strength and conditioning coach is more well-known around the country than your head coach. And that's a bad thing. Yeah, I 100% agree. Half the people I've talked to who are like SEC fans, Jimmy Lake, you know, they kind of think about it but for you, a second. You like, tell the mustache guy at Oregon, they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <sighs> But man, I could talk about UW culture all day, man, because it is it's huge. So let's yeah. let's switch up a little bit. We'll talk about the Pac-12 and the yeah. and the conference. The For conference, sure. you know, I've defended it in years, and you know, it's it's been warranted defenses most of the time. This mm-hmm. year, I cannot defend the conference. It seems like it is pretty much Oregon, and literally that's it. Like Oregon yeah. State's winning Pac-12 games, but they they lost to Purdue. Mm-hmm. UCLA, we thought they were up there with Oregon, like, you know, competing nationally wise. And now they've just embarrassed the conference. Yeah. And I was really, you know, in a way it was good for Oregon when Washington was getting decent, when, when Colorado looked like they were doing okay. When, you know, all Mm -hmm. these teams looked like they were trending in a good direction. Arizona state looked like they were trending in a good direction, but now it's back to what it was in pretty much 2012 to 14, where it's like, Hey, you got Oregon. One team will get ranked because they beat the rest of the Pac-12 teams. But other than that, good luck. It's just Oregon. If Oregon drops games, you have no representation in that Final Four. At this point this year, Oregon's only quality wins can come from Oregon State um, and any of the South games that they play. And the Pac-12 title. Yeah, um, which at this point, UCLA. UCLA and Oregon State. UCLA still looks like the best South team to me, and that's sad. And they look, I mean, they still look good. They're still going to be competitive, but Mm -hmm. like... Those are the two games. I would say Washington, but at their current rate, their trajectory is downward, like fast. Their trajectory so is the exact opposite of Oregon State's. I can't even, I literally can't even say that like beating Washington is going to be a big deal for you guys, at least right now. Like, and that game is in what, like four weeks? Something sure, like that? In November. Yeah, beginning November, of November. Yeah, yeah, four weeks. Like, it's approaching pretty quickly. And it's, it's tough to see, and if you look at the conference standings, it's like, yeah, Oregon's not even at the top of the North, but like at the same time, it's like, if you're if you're looking at this from a national perspective, which you know everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter, we play good football. No, it matters. We want to get in that playoff. We want to be included in these things. It matters. The only respected team nationally, as of right now, in the Pac-12, is sitting at third in their half of the conference. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's that's not something we can we can you know rely on and what it is is a lot of these athletic departments are kind of like washington's they don't really care as much about football as usc and oregon's admissions do uh, administrations mm-hmm. do yeah usc and oregon seem like the only administrations who really care ucla tries but they always yeah. seem to make mistakes because they mm-hmm. went out they made that splash higher in chip kelly you know they're one of the yeah. only programs doing that arizona state did that too so i guess yeah. most of the teams who are trying to even make an effort are in the south outside of oregon too Yeah. And really, we just, the conference as a whole needs to realize that I know academics are your main priority, but Mm -hmm. athletics drive academic success. We talked about this in the Josh Pate episode with Josh Pate. Yeah. When Oregon started getting good at football, their application rates rose massively. Mm -hmm. And now you look at it 20 years later, Oregon's list of donors has grown a lot, and all of them aren't pro athletes they were successful in other avenues of business Mm -hmm. because they went to the university of oregon and oregon's academics 
have been ranking higher and higher every year. Like it's getting yeah. to the point where Oregon is closing that gap with Washington, you know, the Twitter trash talk of the academics. Yeah. Quite a bit. I think Oregon was ranked in the twenties for public mm-hmm. institutions this year. Like the one the one thing I will give Washington is getting that gap fully closed is going to be difficult oh, yeah. because Washington, far and away, academics, holy cow. Like <laughs> Oh, for sure. And it's just it's and just I, like you can be you can improve your academics because of your athletics being good. Exactly. Yeah. That's how and how I do mean, you think Oregon got there? Do you think without the football and basketball success that their academics would have improved this much this fast? No. No shot. Yeah, no. Because nobody knew where Eugene was. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, the University of Oregon? Oh, I'm pretty sure like <laughs> Wait, it's not in Portland? What is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? It's like <laughs> Eugene, Oregon. Isn't that where they make that that ice cream? <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> athletics matter way more than these these suits think. Yeah. And we just, and even like Oregon State, out. who's finding success in multiple sports with basketball and football now, like they don't really and go out... In baseball, yeah, they don't really go out and promote it that much. Well, I think they go out and promote it, but like, what fans do they have to push it? You could promote, exactly. But if you don't you have know, fans to share the stuff, it's yeah. A lot of their fan base so is directly connected to the alumni and student base, and a lot of their mean? fan base is like, okay, yeah, I went to Oregon State, but you know, Oregon actually is good at sports, so we'll yeah. root for them. <laughs> but but it's the same way, like Oregon roots for Oregon State when they're not playing them. So I mean, I think yeah. the thing with Oregon is a lot of them like it's just like, yeah, you know, we're yeah. rivals, but. As long as you win when we're not playing each other, cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, we can't really say the same for Wazoo. Yeah, y'all hate each other. Yeah. (laughs) We don't hate Oregon State. And uh, Oregon State might hate us. I don't know. I barely talked to any Oregon State fans. Yeah. I'm sure they find it more of an annoyance than anything just because, like, oh, they're always really good. It's annoying to play them every year. It must suck that, like, we don't care about them either. It's just like, yeah, yeah. they're there. Oregon State did win the uh, Pac-12 tournament basketball Mm -hmm. this past season, though. They looked really good. I mean, Oregon did too. The Pac-12 was loaded this year for Maybe basketball. Oregon Holy State cow. will be the team to help Oregon carry the conference's perception. And I know that sounds weird, but Jonathan Smith, like I said, I respect him hey, massively it, as a coach. Give it some time, man. Like, very well in a few years, they could be still competitive. If they keep Jonathan Smith, they'll be... I know you hate this, but they'll be the second of the premier programs in the Pac-12 North when it comes to athletics. Again, current trajectories, I would buy that <laughs> as much as I hate to say it. And so, I just... man uh so you know we're about almost halfway through the season you know five six yeah one more game from each team and you know we'll be halfway through the season as of right now who would you bet on to be the the, be the north champ and a south champ uh if i had to bet to be the north champ i mean you got to go with oregon i mean yeah they just dropped one to stanford assuming that they make the proper changes assuming you bring back those guys like i can't see anybody else competing it's either them or oregon state at this point as much as i want to say washington this bye week's got to change a lot of things and if they don't they're not going to be in that conversation i'm sorry like you've won two games and one's arkansas state yeah and the other one's a cal team that has is is dead last oh and two in in the the conference one and four overall (laughs) exactly uh, um, what about you were the, the underdog against Oregon State. Sorry. Like, come on. What about um, the South? In the South right now, honestly, I got to go with Arizona State. I think consistently they are playing the best. I'm still rocking I, with UCLA. I'm, I'm rocking with UCLA too. I want them to do well because I said that they will win the South, and I think that could still very well happen. But if I had to place money on a team right now, it would be Arizona State. 
they just, I mean, they've looked consistently pretty good. They've looked consistently like a top 25 fringe, top 25 team. You know, they haven't really wavered that much, which I, is surprising considering what happened before the season. One. Oh, before yeah. the season. Yeah, week one with Kansas State was also last night. Yeah, that was. Was that Arizona no, State? They didn't play Kansas State, did they? No, who did Arizona State lose to? They lost their out-of-conference game. Uh, BYU. BYU. Wait, no. Yeah, they got smoked by BYU. Not. They didn't really get. Smoked. It was a it pretty was dominant seventeen. Yeah, but it was a pretty dominant performance by BYU. But also BYU is a top ten team right now. Yeah, like that's not a bad loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I really think BYU is going to end up losing to a Pac-12 team or two before the season's over. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. But I mean, losing to BYU doesn't hurt you. It's right not now. terrible. No, not at no, all. Not um, at all. Now you want a harder question? Who's the best quarterback in the conference? We went over this last time, and we jokingly said Jake Hayner, but. Who's the best quarterback in the conference? I can't really. It's between say. three for me. It's got to. I Actually, think it's got to be DTR. I, I just can't. Four, but it depends on how things work out at one of these programs. I got to go with DTR. So DTR is old, one of mine. He's the only one that stands out to me. DTR is one of mine. Tanner McKee is one of them. Mm. Chance Nolan is one of them. Yeah. And depending on how it works out at this particular program, Jackson Dart. I know he's only yeah. played that one game, I, but that was like that was a one game that was like holy. I he looked really good. We don't have a big enough sample size for Obviously. me to really That's be into that pick. Card in there. DT, DTR is really the only one I can confidently say. I Nolan, I think, Nolan. benefits from a really good running game, and I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback, but the passing game is really open when you're gashing teams. You know what I mean? Like, DTR benefits from you know having one of the best quarterback whispers and in, in our lifetime though also true the man make marge sanchez look like a pro bowler <laughs> hey, now, he, he was a terrible to GM, afc so. championship games so yeah exactly like, yeah. and he made he, he took oregon to national championships and almost won yeah <laughs> like hey he's as, as much you know lack of success as he's had at ucla I will not doubt that man when it comes to working with quarterbacks. I you can yeah. doubt him in every other aspect of coaching, but he can develop quarterbacks. He can make quarterbacks play better than they are, mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, so nationally, what, what what big stories have we had nationally really to go over? Like, I mean, Clemson uh, being terrible is huge. I mean, maybe you are the yeah. West Coast Clemson over there, in Washington. I mean, at this rate, both programs are not looking too hot, so you could. West Coast Clemson. Before you could make that comparison, and now especially you can make that comparison, I feel like. Which you is know, just isn't it just crazy that Clemson's not in the top twenty-five? Like I, I figured they drop a little bit, but you could not have they were I would 25th. never have guessed. How are you gonna drop them without dropping them out of the top twenty-five? No, but I'm saying like going into the season, oh, like I, I would, would not be better have better this year. I thought they would have dropped off a little bit, but I'm talking drop off like still in the top ten. But See, probably I like, not in the playoffs. I like DJU a lot. And I don't think it's his fault that their issues are. It's their I like DJU too, but holy cow, dude. He does not look good. I don't really <laughs> think it's him not looking good. He doesn't have time. Yeah. That sure. offensive line is getting bullied by Boston College. <laughs> like, it definitely who... plays a factor, but when he's had the chance to make plays, he just hasn't made yeah, it. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you, know, you can rattle his confidence letting him get hit exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you know what's really the sign that I knew Washington was having a bad year hmm. when hood Husky turned on the program. 
Dude, I I think I tweeted that on FQ Washington like this weekend. Hood Husky, like I have never. He's like one of the most optimistic, optimistic people about the Washington Husky football program I've ever seen. And kudos to him. I don't have the mental capacity for that. Like, good for him, but he he is kind of recruiting is still fine. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> Man, Man, I can't even I can't even say we're a development school anymore, dude. You know like, what I'm just thinking about? What's up? We thought recruiting was bad. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get a whole lot worse. All those FCS transfers are gonna be about awesome, Josh Connerly. <laughs> You're not getting Josh Connerly. Uh, no. <laughs> You're not. It would be a stretch at this point. <laughs> I was so that was the one high like high profile recruit in the state I was confident about and that I am no longer confident about. Are you still confident, Naughton? Yeah. You guys use t- well the way Oregon uses tight ends. We might start recruiting tight end like crazy. Not obviously not Otten. Otten's got ties to the Otten's program. gonna stay, yeah. Like but we'll you know, guys we'll who don't them. have previous ties to that program. Washington might become like a uh, obviously other schools are going to try and get those players. I feel like it might become an Ohio State Oregon battleground. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Honestly. I know it's not something you would want to like say or even think about. I as would a watch Washington it, but I mean, J- uh, JTT, Oregon, Ohio State, um, Oklahoma, Oregon, Ohio State. Uh, who is the other one? Uh, G Scott. Um, which I don't was know where the fuck he I know Ohio State. Yeah, he went to Ohio State. I don't know if he if Oregon was really in the work in the competition for him, but still Ohio state, you know, like, I mean, those three alone were big time recruits in Washington state. And Ohio state was involved with all three of them. Oregon was involved with two of them. Like, yeah. What what do you have to sell over those two programs? I don't know. At this point, you don't have really the greatest setting on earth with 10 fans. (laughs) Hey man, I have the t-shirt. Okay. But what do they think the boycotting was going to do? That makes it worse. I know that makes it worse. <laughs> like players are going to be like, Oh, I came to visit and there's 11 fans in the stadium. Like my high school gets uh, more attendance than this. I know it, you guys suck, but like Oregon won <laughs> four games and still did not look nearly this bad. No, it's, it's, it's I don't even insane. know what you do at this point, man. Like if nothing changes in the bye week you are looking at a five, six, seven win season. And if you don't fix it soon, this might be like a, not just a 10, 15, 20 year thing. I really mm-hmm. think this could be a like a permanent sets you back athletically. Like you're never going really, to. The, the administration was looking for a reason to give up on athletics and they might have just got it. Yeah. Let me give you let me give you a bit of a perspective being a Seattle sports fan here. Right. So I've seen a few people on Twitter this week and they're like, well, nobody seemed to really care about UW Oregon State. A lot of people were paying attention to the Mariners, me included. I was really excited for the Mariners this weekend. They were one game short of the playoffs. The Mariners, for context, have not been to the playoffs since I was seven months old. I'm currently 20 years of age. It has been a very long time since they were even competitive. And a lot of people saying, well, huh, you know, the Mariners, why are people, why do people care? They suck. Like, yeah, they're close to the playoffs, but they're still bad. They didn't get in. The Mariners are finally making an active effort manager like management wise player wise to get better you know who's not doing that the washington husky football team you want to wonder why an entire city has rallied around the mariners because they are sport they are finally taking steps to being a competitive program again are you guys all blazers fans out there yeah depends if you're 
people who grew up being diehard Sonics, uh, Sonics fans are not. A lot of the younger generation, like my, uh, no, they hate the Thunder. Um, a lot of people my age are Blazers fans. There's a there's a lot of like sore asses about how uh, Oklahoma City acquired the Sonics in the so first who did place. They root for? Uh, I don't know. A lot of them don't, just don't even watch basketball. If I'm being honest, so with so you. pretty much on average, the ones who watch the sport are Blazers, Mariners, yeah. Huskies, and who? Who for the NFL? Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Seahawks fans. That is a really sad sports town. Dude, holy cow. I've been blessed. So, like, <laughs> I lived a lot of places, and I happened to pick up my teams wherever I lived when I got into the sport. So, mm. I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. Yeah. We're not always great, but, I mean, we went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. We went to the NFC Championship with Carson Palmer. We're really good with Kyler Murray now. Mm. I am a Lakers fan. Yeah. I don't have to say anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Oregon Ducks fan. Mm-hmm. We've been really good in my lifetime. I have no complaints. Yeah. And baseball, I was never like a super fan. I was always a fan of Albert Pujols, so I was an Angels yeah. fan. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who he plays for now. <laughs> I uh, don't really either. I, think I don't follow he's baseball on the Dodgers. I don't know. I, yeah, I think so. But he's on one of the big name teams. I might start getting into baseball. I've been to a few games lately this year, and you know it's been kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I. Dude, you want me to round out this thought in yeah, a very depressing sense? Let's hear it. All right. So, you know, like there was a time when I was growing up when I was about eight, nine, ten years old, which was from like 08 to, to 2010. That was the time when the Mariners sucked. The Huskies sucked. The Seahawks sucked. And our basketball team had just gotten ripped away from us, like in recent memory. I don't think there's a more depressing sports setting that you can live in. It takes a lot for me to truly Montana. just be. It, it takes a lot for me to <laughs> truly just be so fed up with a program or a team that I enjoy because I lived through a three or four year span where all of my favorite teams were abysmal. The current state of the Washington Husky football program has something I just makes me feel upset in a way about a team I have not felt in so long. It has been so long since I've been this <laughs> upset about a sports program in any sense. And I lived through those years in you know, 08 to 10. 2016 <laughs> sucked for me. I mean, the Lakers weren't great, uh, but we had like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. And the Cardinals sucked, but we had like a rookie quarterback. And... Oregon sucked, but Justin Herbert looked great. So, I mean, you know, I had that one really bad sports year, but other than that, it's not been nowhere near I that. lived through 0-12, Mike. Uh, I lived through 0-12 and lived year, to see the other side. Pretty sure that year my team went into the big house and fucking dominated the Michigan Wolverines. I lived through 0-12. I lived through the Jim Mora years of the Seattle Seahawks. There's not uh, much you can... Like it, I like You're, I said, it takes a lot. It takes a lot, Mike. You know what's the best? Your best coach of recent memory was Oregon raised Mike Bellotti with Chris Peterson. Oh, <laughs> yeah, true. But my, but Mike, man, 
it takes that's, a lot. That's tough. To be, I mean, I it takes relate. a lot for me to be this upset. I, I just want to give you context for how miserable I've had it before. And I'm not it. Look, I like this is sports. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. But sports are like a big part of my life. Oh, yeah. No, I'm mine. I, I love, you sports. know, like and holy cow, man. I mean, at least the Seahawks are good. At least the Mariners are, you know, doing all right. Like, I'll give you a city tell recently who's comparable or mm-hmm. a region in general, Florida. Until recently, what were they good at? The Rays were a feeder team for other pro teams. They would for literally just develop players they're, and send them to other now, players. But yeah. The Magic sucked. The Heat sucked <laughs> outside of LeBron's years. The Buccaneers yeah. sucked. The sucked Dolphins sucked. The Jaguars sucked. Mm-hmm. But now the I mean, Heat were just in the finals. The Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. The Rays were just—did they win? The Miami's competitive again in football. The like... Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Miami's mm-hmm. competitive. The Florida Gators are pretty good. The Seminoles are dog water. Uh... But uh, <laughs> they don't like, like you know, Corey here. He might shut us down, man. It's better. It's a lot better. Yeah, and, and I mean, like Seattle's a lot better. Yeah, Seattle, like because at least the, the Seahawks have been good since. At least your pro teams are in. good. Your college teams just suck. Yeah, dude. And holy cow. And even just outside of Seattle, the the rest of the state. Well, I mean, that's Portland. That's not even Washington. Like you can't, we can't even really claim that one. If I'm being honest with you and like Washington state is not good. Uh, The best program in the state is like Eastern Washington. They're not even a D one football program or well, they're a D one, but they're not FBS. You know what I mean? I could argue they'd beat you this year. I'd believe it. They just beat Montana. How bad did they beat Montana? I Matt. think by I think by a couple touchdowns or Matt. a couple scores. If they beat Montana by multiple scores. Let me see. I'll I'll look this up I'm right now. I'm going to send a tweet right after we finish the episode. Oh, 34-28 Eastern Washington. We're 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 literally about to wrap this episode up and I am <laughs> about to go tweet that out. <laughs> Man, so this has been a very somber episode for the both of us. <laughs> this is this has been humbling to this say is, the least. <laughs> the Pac-12 After Dark Depression. <laughs> that'll be the name of the episode no not pack 12 after dark pack 12 going dark <laughs> pack 12 going dark yep that's it that's the episode name right there and we want to thank you guys for watching uh yeah. we we are very depressed now um we yeah. we're both having a bad week when it comes to our yeah. some our some more so than others some have well, been yeah. suffering for a few weeks longer but still but you it's, should be it's used not to a good week yeah yeah it just it just turns into numbness after a while see you know now i'm mean? at the point where like hey Maybe we'll make a change, knowing damn well we won't make the change. Yeah. And it's it's going to be great. But it'll be okay. Everything will be okay. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> thank you guys. Again, I want to thank you guys for watching. Uh, we will hear from you guys soon. After Oregon's bye week, Washington's on a bye? Yeah, they're also on a bye week. There we go. So, so there won't be much to talk about next we'll week. We'll probably have more of a, a college football type like overall college football type episode next week because there's a lot of good games news regarding oregon's quarterback room Mm -hmm. maybe we'll have some news about washington staff actually doing something no you won't but we won't (laughs) all right guys we'll see you guys next time